Thanks for joining in your living rooms and, and all across our Multiply family, all across our Teen Challenge family and people gathered in coffee shops and home groups and different things like that. And if you'll uh, go ahead and turn there, Philippians chapter 1. I'll tell you what else I'm praying this Thanksgiving. I'm believing that not only are your sins under the blood, but I'm believing that every calorie is under the blood. Can I get an amen? Every fat gram doesn't count until after New Year's. Can I get an amen? It's removed from you as far as the east is from the west. And that may not, my, my hermeneutic professor may not like that, but that's good preaching on the Sunday after, after Thanksgiving. And uh, I want to preach to you a word out of Philippians chapter 1 called what's in your heart, what's in your heart. Also, let me, uh, let me give a reminder that Wonderland is this Friday. Wonderland is this Friday. And I know you're saying, Pastor, don't you know we're in the middle of a pandemic? Yes, we're very aware of that. We want to be, we want to lead uh, we want to lead with courage. We also want to be good citizens and good neighbors. And so we are going to be doing things in a, in a fashion, uh, taking, taking precautions and, and just kind of keeping an eye on the rest of the city. You know, Kannapolis is still doing their, their lights and their train rides. And, and uh, these pop-up markets are still going on inside, outside, and those d- different things. And so we'll be following all those protocols. But I'm telling you, people around you need hope more than ever. They need hope more than ever. And this is a great opportunity. Don't come alone. Don't come alone. Don't let me see you there alone. You bring somebody. You bring the neighbor kids, the grandkids, the nieces, the nephews. Um, we're going to be as safe as possible, and we're going to have an amazing time out in the village parking lot. You can go to concordchristmas.com. It's got all of the information there for you, concordchristmas.com. Paul says in Philippians 1, I thank my God. And then he, t- and then he says, why? I think, it's, I think it's important that we say why that we're thankful because then it's more than an emotional moment when we're surrounded by brothers and sisters in Christ in a worship service. When we lean into the why of we're thankful, then we carry that why with us through Tuesday. I thank my God. Here's why. Every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I'm in chains or defending, defending, do you feel like you got to defend everything you do nowadays? It's like you're in constant defense. I got to defend. I got to defend. That's what Paul was saying. I feel like I got to defend everything. I got to defend my decisions. I got to defend the gospel. I got to defend these chains. I got to defend. I got to defend it to everybody. But Paul says, Paul says, I have you in my heart. I have you in my heart. Defending and confirming the gospel. All of you that share in God's grace with me. Paul had planted this church a few years ago, the church of, of Philippi, and started out with Lydia and a few other people in that city. It was one of the churches that was planted out of that apostolic center in Antioch and really was then one of the gateways to Europe. And, and so Paul had an affinity for these people, an affection for these people. But those early days, those early days, you know, when trouble hits you may have had the best day of your life three days ago. When trouble hits, it's, it's easy to forget. 
It's easy to forget the good things that happened last year when we're in a more troubled year. But Paul, Paul chose to reach back into those, those memories. He, he, even in the middle of that toxic climate, politically and morally and, and relationally, Paul says, I'm going to have an attitude of joy, of gratitude, and of confidence. And Paul shows us that just because you are in a circumstance, that circumstance doesn't have to be in you. Can I remind you that you control, you control what's in your heart. Do you see what Paul says? I choose, I choose you. I choose you in my heart that we have the ability to choose. We have the ability. You know, I was thinking about this, that, that when, I was, when I was young, I thought that when I became an adult, I was going to get to make all the decisions. All the husbands are like, yeah, I lived, <laughs> I lived in that let, you remember that, like when you were little, and you were like, "Man, when I when I get to be a big person, I'm gonna get to I'm gonna get to choose things. I'm gonna get to choose where I go on vacation, and, and I'm gonna get to choose where I eat, and I'm gonna get to choose. You don't get to choose. You find you find the older you get, the less choices you have. Like you don't even get to choose where hair grows and decides not to grow on your body. Less and less choices. Less and less choices as you're older." But Paul says, I do get to choose who is in my heart. Paul says this, I don't always choose my circumstances. I don't always choose who is in physical proximity to me. But I do choose who gets in my heart. And who you let in your heart is directly connected to your joy. Directly connected to your joy. I think that one of the marks of greatness of a man or woman is they can say something like this. They can say like Paul, listen, I'm going to love everybody. I'm going to preach to everybody. I'm going to give grace to everybody. I'm going to pray for everybody. But hear, hear me, believer. Hear me, believer, because the apostle Paul said this. The apostle Paul said this. I'm going to give out to everybody, but not everybody gets space in your heart. Not everybody gets space in your heart. And that's a lie from the enemy. But because ju- just because you love Jesus, you have to let everybody in your heart. And that is not true. You give out, but not everybody gets space in your heart. That's what Paul says. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, it says that we are to guard our hearts above all else. Guard your heart, for from it flow the springs of life. Because what you let in begins to control your decisions, begins to control your attitude, begins to control your emotions when you don't even, when you don't even realize it. Like, like I am, I'm an 87 octane gasoline guy all day because it's the cheapest. Right, I just I learned that in college, and, and and those habits just don't you know. No matter what vehicle, I like the I like the cheap stuff. I don't like to see that that gas gauge uh, uh, cranking up the dollar amount. I remember one time I was I was returning a rental car in Orlando, and I, I fly in and out of the Orlando airport on a fairly regular basis, and so I kind of got my routine down. I know which gas station to go to. I know that last that last exit right before the airport for but but this morning for whatever 
whatever reason, I, I missed that. And I ended up in this gas station. I don't know if you've found yourself in a gas station right next to the airport. And, and you want to feel like you have no control. They have all the control. And this was, this was just like a year ago. It was over $5 a gallon for the cheap stuff. And it was raining and I was late and I was not happy. That thing, just $5 a gallon, just boom, 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 boom. But, but cheap gasoline. But if you, see, I, 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 can run, I can run cheap gasoline because the type of vehicle I drive doesn't really call for the, the higher octane stuff. But if I, if I were to invest in a sports car, like if I were to invest in, 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 a, in a Porsche 911, then those type of vehicles are made for a higher octane of fuel. A finely tuned machine needs a higher octane of fuel. Husbands, this is your chance just to step into a moment with your spouse. I need you to, I need you to lean over. I need you to lean over and say, preacher's talking about me. Just tell your spouse, go ahead and tell your spouse, say, I am, go ahead, husbands, I am a finely tuned machine. Come on, come on. Remember last Sunday? Don't, don't describe, declare. Say, I, I am a finely tuned machine. And because you are a finely tuned machine, you are made to run on a higher level of fuel. And so back in the day, cars don't do this now, and, and I'll explain why. But y'all remember back in the day, a few years ago, if you had a sports car, if you had a, a, a vehicle with a, a higher engine and you kept feeding it the cheap stuff, what would that engine start to do? would start to knock, wouldn't it? You ever been in a car and you would start to go up there and you hear the knocking, you hear the knocking. Today's cars don't do that because they have made the engines to adjust to the level of fuel. But watch this, you don't hear the knocking, but it will run with less power. And I wonder, I just wonder if in our lives we think everything on the outside is okay, but I wonder if we're operating with less power in our lives than we could because we've been letting all kinds of junk in. We've been letting all kinds of junk in. Listen, I've been dancing around this. I'm going to just go ahead and say it. Turn off the news. It's toxic. It's evil. It's toxic. It's evil. It's evil. It's evil. It's toxic. It's evil. Turn it off. Turn it off. We need to cut the... I've, I've been praying, Lord, cut the cords of the wicked out of Psalms. Cut their funding. Cut everything. Anybody who is lying, anybody that, who is declaring lies over this nation, we cut it off in the name of Jesus. Now, I'm not saying hear me, because there's probably a newscaster listening to me. I'm not mad at you. As with, as with any, anything, there are good and bad. And I believe with all my heart that there are believers and good moral people in any industry. Let's pray for them. Let's pray that that'll rise up. But if we keep putting that junk in, we're going to, church, we're going to lose our power, and we won't even know it. And we'll be like Samson. And we cut our hair. And we, gave, we cut our hair. And we gave away our purity. And there's going to be a moment when we need the church to rise up in power. And the Bible says that Samson, his power left him and he didn't even know it. The Bible said through the Apostle Paul that all things are permissible but not everything is beneficial. Christian, do you hear me? You are doing some things in your life that you may get into heaven but you're losing your power and you don't even realize it because you're staying too close to the line and too 
too close to the line of compromise. We got to get ourselves on some high octane fuel. We got to get away from the trash and get away from the junk and get away from the stuff that is taking our power away from us and begin to live holy and pure in the presence of our God. And his power will return to you in the name of Jesus above all else. Guard your heart. Guard your heart for it is the well spring of life. Everybody can be around me, but not everybody gets in. Let me give you some some filters. Let me give you some filters. Paul gives us some filters in this this passage. Who gets in? Not everybody gets in. Life-giving people, but life-giving people get in. Verse 3, Paul says, I thank my God. I thank my God every time I remember you. I thank my God. There are, there's a couple kinds of people. There's thank God people, and there are oh God people. And both of them popped up on your phone this week. <laughs> you know, the th- oh, thank God. I, need, I needed to hear from that person. Hey, how you doing? And then the oh God, I'll call them back. <laughs> or, or maybe I won't. <laughs> but there's, y'all, I want to be, be, be a thank God person. I want to be, oh, oh, Pastor Pastor Doug's coming. This meeting is going to be better. Pastor Doug's walking in the room. He's going to bring bring some life into this room. Let's let's choose to be that kind of person. And, and, And again, you have the power. You have the power. You can love the oh God person, but they don't have, they don't get space in your heart. They don't get space in here. You choose who gets in here. Joy-producing people, number two, joy-producing people get in. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy. When somebody prays for you, do they pray with joy? Are you a joy-producing person? Joy-producing people get in your heart, but joy-robbing people stay out. They stay out. Number three, people whose top agenda. I'm just going to look at the screen here because I'm just going to look at the screen when I say this because I'm convicting myself and I may say something that convicts you and I don't even want to know if it convicts you. I'm just going to look at the screen and we're all going to move on together. People whose top agenda, top agenda is the gospel. Say the gospel. Say God, say Jesus. Say Jesus whose top agenda is the gospel because of your partnership in the gospel. Here's the question. Did you talk more about masks or Jesus this week? I'm just asking. I'll move on. Here we go. Number four, people who stick with you during tough times. We need some of those people, don't we? I love that Paul said this from the first day until now. Because when Paul planted that church, everybody was excited. It was, it was miracles were happening. People were getting healed, influential. People in the city were coming to Jesus. It was new. It was fresh. It was exciting. You know how everybody was celebrating you when you graduated? Everybody was celebrating you when you got the promotion from the first day. And we need some first day people. But Paul also needed some until now people. Because when Paul was in prison and, and everybody was leaving him and everybody was abandoning him and saying, I I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be in prison. If that's what following Jesus means, if following Jesus means, then I 
I have to go through suffering or I have to go through moments in my life where I'm uncomfortable. If following Jesus means this, then I don't know if I want all of that. But Paul said, you were with me in the beginning and you're with me until now, until now, until now. We need some until now people in our lives that when I'm hurting, they're with you until now. That when you're walking through cancer, they're with you until now. That when you're working, walking through the financial hardship, they're with you until now. And I want to be an until now. Let's be an until now church. Let's be that church. We don't give up. You got you to gotta, you gotta work to get away from us. We're going we're gonna to follow. We're going to chase after. We're going to be those kind of people until now people. And then grace-filled people. Grace-filled people, they get, they get in. You give out to everybody, but not everybody gets in. You hear me? Not everybody gets in, but grace-filled people, they get in. They get in. Paul says, all of you share in God's grace with me. Paul realized that he needed to give grace, and Paul realized that even as an apostle, he needed to receive. Like, we need, we need a grace-sharing, grace-filled church. We give grace. We receive grace. We, we live in grace. I want to go back to that first line because Paul says this. I thank my God every time I remember. What did Paul say? You. See, ultimately gratitude is about people. That's what gratitude is about. Gratitude is not about the number of zeros on your paycheck. Gratitude is not about your home. Gratitude is not about the vacation that you did or didn't get to take this year. Gratitude is not about whether you're having to homeschool or, or gratitude is not about that. It can be, but, but not primarily. Gratitude is always primarily about people. Paul says, I thank God. I thank God for you. I thank God for you. And that's really what church is. Church isn't about buildings or programs or songs or different things like that. I thank God because church is about people, even even people who are joining with us, our online family. I thank God for you. There's a lot of stories that we could tell, a lot of examples that we could give, but we've chosen two this morning, usually in in March. (laughs) We do, a, we do a world changer banquet and we honor some people that have uh, done a lifetime of service. We call it the, the, the Tom Whidden Award. And I just want to take a, take a moment as Pastor Steve comes and as we make a couple of special presentations this morning that, that we thank God, we thank God for you. So Pastor Tom, who was our founding pastor, he, he built this church on servanthood, serving the Lord, serving one another, and serving our community. And our two recipients of the award this year have modeled that. Our first recipient, he's been a part of this church since the 1970s. As a group of world changers back then, he was instrumental working with others to actually help raise the money possible to be able to build the the auditorium that we're sitting in today. 
Through the years, both of these recipients have served in many capacities, and it would take too long for me to list all of those, but just a couple of, of the areas that um, recently uh, our lives have been impacted by his service. One is every Sunday, whenever uh, we would come into this uh, uh, worship service, he was a part of a team of ushers who were making a place, uh, a hospitable place for us to be able to come and a safe place for us to be able to come and to worship together. I, I got to know him um, through Specialized Ministries, which is a ministry to our adults with special needs. He would drive the bus for us, and he would drive the bus when we would go on trips, and I'll never forget sitting down with him uh, at a lunch table with some of the men from our special needs group at a Cracker Barrel and, and laughing and, uh, and just having an amazing time. And his life has been a life of servanthood, and we are so honored today to be able to honor him. And so without any further ado, Raymond Griffin, would you please come? We would love to honor you today with the Tom Whitten Lifetime Award. second recipient. She's also been here since 1978, serving in many capacities, including 10 years doing Saturday Sunday school with a bus ministry to kids in our neighborhood. She served, there are so many different places that she has served through the years, but most of you probably recognize her from the, the front door when you come in each and every Sunday when she's greeting you with a smile. She's one of those people that her smile enters the room long before she does. Her laugh enters the room. She's a person who has advocated for the seniors in our community. Each Sunday, she's been over at our Living Center ministering to the seniors there. She's a person who not just uh, works and, and serves people in, in church services, but she's a person who goes to shut-in. She's a person who, who calls me on the phone and she says, hey, I want to bring something over to your mother-in-law who's a shut-in, and I want to bring a gift, or I want to bring something over for Hendrix, and and she's doing this while she herself is going through a difficult time, either financially or going through health issues. And she has, she has been the model of servanthood. And so our second recipient that we would love to honor today is Miss Jane Whitley. Raymond and Jane, you are both people that we, like Paul told the Philippians, we thank God for you. Raymond, Miss Jane, we, we honor you. We honor you. The Lord, the Lord honors you. Thank you. All these locations, people watching us around the, around the globe today. Because you were, you were faithful. Here, here's, what, here's, what, here's the thought that came to me. Thanksgiving, <laughs> Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving will lie to you. 
Here, here's, how, here's how. You get a little card and uh, you get a picture of Thanksgiving. What's, all, what's always in the center? It's a turkey. That's a lie. I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say what you're all thinking. Thanksgiving isn't about the turkey. It's not. Like you gotta have it or it's not Thanksgiving. I get it. But thanks, I know, I know. I'm like, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna get emails for this, but it's not. Thanksgiving's not about the turkey. Thanksgiving is about the sides. It is. It's about the sides. It's about the sweet potato casserole and the green bean casserole and the stuffing. It's about the sides. They don't get center place, but it's about, it's about my favorite Thanksgiving post was your post that said, Corey said, my, my sweet potato casserole is better than your grandma's. I said what I said. That's what Corey, that's what, but it is. It is Thanksgiving's about, it's about the size. Can I just say that church is about the unsung men and women that serve every single week at Multiply Church? That's what Multiply Church is about. It's about people that are going to visit and take communion to shut-ins that you never hear about. It's about the people that serve specialized ministry that you don't know about. It's about the people that are stocking the shelves at Cornerfield Market that you don't see up on stage. It's about the people that are out there early in the mornings and up on this platform playing instruments and, and directing parking, parking and all of those, all of those amazing people that this church this church I thank God for you I thank God for you it's about people sitting behind computer screens right now in the middle of a pandemic chatting with with somebody connecting with somebody praying for somebody in that three o'clock service in that three o'clock service when there might not be a whole lot of people on the chat but one person one person stumbles across that facebook feed and you were what they needed to keep on going that day church is built i thank god i thank god for the unsung heroes of this church people that give faithfully that are tithing off that fixed income. I thank God for you. I thank God for you. There was, let me close with this. There was a young eight-year-old girl named Caroline. And uh, Caroline had had cancer of the, the central nervous system. So it was, you know, making its way all, all throughout her body. The, the medical report was was not hopeful. And there was an adult that went up to Caroline and just said this. He said, uh, hey, sweetheart, it's your, it's your birthday coming up. What do, you, what do you want? Caroline thought, and silent for a moment. She thought a little bit more, and she just said this. She said, you know, I have two sticker books and a Cabbage Patch doll. I figure I have all I need. Church, either Jesus is enough or he's not. Either he's everything or he's nothing. Either his blood 
is sufficient or it's not. Either his death is enough or it's not. Either his resurrection is enough or it's not. Either his grace that pulled you out of a life of sin or religiosity or wherever you were headed without him, either that's enough or it's not. Either the promise of heaven is enough or it's not. And I think that maybe it's just a good way to end this service the same way. The same way that we began it by saying Jesus, I thank you because you are enough you're more than enough can you whisper that to the Lord Jesus you're enough you're enough in my life you're enough in my family you're enough in my circumstances you're enough in my church you're enough in every area of my life Jesus you are more than enough I give thanks to you my God who sits upon the throne I give thanks to you and the hope of heaven that you will set everything right someday I give give thanks to you in the name of Jesus with heads still bowed and eyes still closed. Maybe somebody's here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. As I pray this prayer out loud, would you just pray this in your heart? Say something like, Jesus, Jesus, I need you. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of my sins, to come into my heart and help me to live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose in Jesus' name. Now, if you're thankful for Jesus, can you just give him a hand clap of praise this morning? Come on, let's tell him how thankful we are for him.